Hello and welcome everybody to the All in Sacred Time podcast. This is Anna Jones broadcasting this podcast from the Big Island of Hawaii. The All in Sacred Time podcast will be posted on iTunes on the new moon of every month as well as on my website at AnnaJonesOnline.com and is designed to give a deeper meaning to your life by helping you to better understand and consciously align with the cosmological and sacred energies affecting and influencing your daily life. This is the first show and the first episode of this podcast uh, that will be posted again on the new moon of every month. This particular show is the show that I'm describing on the Lunar New Year. However, I will also be talking about other things, uh, the Lunar New Year, the Chinese New Year, Year of the horse, um, as well as in bulk, uh, Valentine's Day, uh, Mercury retrograde, Venus going direct, um, and uh, finishing this podcast with sharing with you some things that I've done um, using the I Ching Oracle uh, as a way of creating a planetary forecast for 2014. Uh, so there's several things that I'm going to be sharing with you throughout this podcast today, um, including some information here in the very beginning about sacred time. Um, why the name, the title of this podcast is what it is. Um, I've decided to call this podcast All in Sacred Time uh, in order to uh, describe to us not only astrological things that are happening and influencing our lives, but as I said earlier, uh, cosmological uh, impacts. And that means the, the impact of the, the greater cosmos and all things that we're connected to um, on us, and especially the sacred natural cycles and natural rhythms of natural time, um, the natural cycles of the earth and the natural rhythms, the natural time of the earth and of the earth and the moon and the moon and the earth and the sun, those sacred times, those sacred movements and cycles that are associated with that um, is a lot of what I'm going to be sharing about in this All in Sacred Time podcast uh, on a monthly basis, on a monthly um, basis, uh, monthly meaning moon cycle. So I decided to um, do this podcast on the new moon of every month, uh, having it be posted on the new moon of every month. Um, because it is uh, the, um, the, the the true cycle of time that's happening in, throughout the course of a month uh, is from moon cycle to moon cycle. The the word month means month originally, uh, month, M-O-O-N-T-H. Um, 28-day cycle of the moon cycle. Um, so the moon cycles uh, will be something that I'll be sharing and focusing on, as well as solar cycles, uh, earthly cycles, um, and anything and all things trying to uh, help us reconnect with natural time, sacred time. Um, because our man-made calendar system is a calendar system that is not in alignment um, with the natural time of the planet, the moon, and the stars. Um, the closest thing in the man-made calendar system that has any connection to sacred time is that it is a 365-day uh, system, and that is approximately the amount of time that it takes for the Earth to make a full rotation around the sun. Um, but other than that, um, there is not 
not much else in the uh, man-made Gregorian calendar system that um, pretty much the whole world has adopted to using for the sake of business and commerce, uh, etc. That connects us with the earth, that connects us with the moon, that connects us with the sun, that connects us with uh, the celestial energies um, that everything is around us. Um, and there's, uh, it used to be long ago, and I'm also going to be sharing a lot of ancient wisdom throughout the course of these podcasts, uh, about sacred time. It used to be long ago that it was, uh, there was never a separation between astronomy, uh, cosmology, and astrology. Uh, astronomy being the, um, positioning, uh, the science, uh, of the stars, and, uh, then the astrology being the the meaning of how that energy uh, affects us and impacts us, uh, how we feel it, how uh, the, the energetic effect, basically. And cosmology, the interconnectedness uh, of it all and the greater whole and the impact of the greater whole. Um, so there never used to be a separation, a distinction, um, and then there became one. Um, and it is still uh, astronomy, astrology, cosmology, they're still separate to this day, especially astronomy and astrology. Um, however, it is my uh, my hope and my belief that uh, those things are going to be bridged once again through the finding of quantum physics uh, that is proving more and more that everything really truly is energy and that everything truly is interconnected. Uh, everything is energy. Everything and everyone is made up of energy and um, that, uh, that energy is just in relationship to other energy and it's all interconnected that energy as well this is not uh, no longer just ancient wisdom it is no longer um, just metaphysics or the 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 wisdom of the yogis and the saints and the sages and the mystics Uh, it it was their wisdom it has been their wisdom but it's no longer just their wisdom Um, it's now also um, physics Uh, it's it's quantum physics, uh, this explanation that everything is made up of energy in relationship to every other energy and is interconnected. It's been discovered on the microcosmic level. Um, so through the study of the, the atom and atomic physics, quantum physics, um, but astronomy is also making headway to proving this interconnectedness as well. Uh, one of the things that um, I, has excited me recently that I'll share before I get into uh, what I have to say today about um, the Lunar New Year and bulk and the other things coming up within this moon cycle um, is that there was a recent discovery um, that was announced by uh, Keck Astronomy Center. I believe that Keck was the one to have been able to do the imaging. Uh, there was a theory for a while, and now they've been able to do some imaging of the cosmic filaments. Um, the cosmic filaments uh, are basically the cosmic web. Um, again, it was theory before, um, and now they have uh, astronomers have uh, found proof of the existence of the cosmic filaments. 
and of the cosmic web. And um, I believe that it's a very great and important discovery. Uh, the announcement just came out this month in January of 2014. Uh, so I encourage everyone listening to this, because I don't have time today to go into detail, great detail about it, to learn more about the cosmic filaments and, and to read more about these discoveries and look at the pictures. They're truly um, beautiful. Um, and just understand the importance of this discovery, how important it is, because it's another proof on the macro level, whereas quantum physics is finding the interconnectedness of all things. On the micro level, um, now astronomers through the cosmic filaments are beginning to find, and then there'll be a whole bunch of further discoveries as there's more research done about this, uh, the interconnectedness uh, through the web of life, which the ancients have always called it, uh, through the cosmic web of life, through these cosmic filaments, uh, that there literally is a cosmic web, is what these astronomers have found and discovered and now have begun to picture and, and be able to um, uh, now research and uh, f follow up with further research about it. Uh, it's very exciting to me because um, it bridges science and spirituality, which is, uh, again, there never used to be a disconnection between, and that uh, reconnection is being made through all the new discoveries, through the new sciences and through the new spirituality. A bridge is happening and occurring. And it's also very exciting to me um, because of it bridging, once again, astrology and astronomy uh, back together again. Um, although I'll be talking more about that over the course of uh, several more podcasts coming up. Um, this is not just an astrology podcast. However, like I said, I'll be sharing um, some small things, some 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 things things about astrology, uh, but I, I like to consider myself more focused on the cosmology, the interconnectedness of it all, looking at the big picture, and for me the big picture has to include the energies, right? So the energies, uh, there is a cosmic web, there is a web of life that interconnects everything on the micro level, on the microcosm, and on the macro level through the mac macrocosm. And it's a, it's a web of energy. It's a web of light and it's a web of energy. And as, um, I would as a modern mystic, because, um, I'm a modern day mystic and interfaith minister, um, and as I would call it also a web of spirit. Um, and it's a, that energy that is flowing through, uh, the universe, through the cosmic web, through the web of life, uh, does have an impact on all of us, whether we know it or not or realize it or not. And when we are living in attunement with the natural cycles, the natural rhythms of nature, and the natural rhythms of nature that are associated with natural time, because natural time and sacred time is the natural rhythms of nature, then we can be more aware of it. Um, in fact, if you want to be more aware of all of the influences of energies affecting you internally and externally around your, in your life, um, and I do believe that that's an important thing to choose to try to become more aware, then it can be very helpful to get more in tune, um, to get more in tune and to live more in tune with the natural cycles, with the natural rhythms of natural time, what I'm calling here in this podcast and throughout these series of podcasts that I will be broadcasting over the course of this year as the rhythms of sacred time. Okay, they're natural time, they're supernatural rhythms, um, and yet it's 
it's sacred, you know. It's sacred because of how powerful it is, and um, we like to. I like to think of it as sacred, so that we can. We, we tend to pay more attention, maybe be a little bit more in 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 awareness um, if we think of something as sacred. So, anyway, that explains um, some of um, what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. So let's get into what I have to share with all of you today. Um, the uh, information for this particular moon cycle that is beginning. And the reason why I've started it at this particular moon cycle is that this is the Lunar New Year. Uh, so for 2014, um, the man-made Gregorian calendar uh, said that the New Year's Day was January 1st on the man-made Gregorian calendar. Um, however, the cycles of time and the cycles of nature, um, the New Year was... Uh, not January 1st. Um, it, when you look at natural time, uh, Earth time or lunar time, um, you know the, the 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 New Year could be at different times, and ancient cultures uh, celebrated it at different times. Um, very popular celebrations, and many many cultures uh, celebrated the New Year's at the time of the winter solstice. Um, and for those of us here in the northern hemisphere, the weather winter solstice was December 21st, 2013. Um, so that uh, is oftentimes considered, again, by many cultures, many ancient cultures, uh, to be the time of the new year because it's the, um, the shortest day of the year and, and it's the time when we actually begin, um, the sun actually begins to start its journey back, uh, we begin its journey back, um, our journey back towards the sun, where the days slowly start to uh, get a little bit longer. Um, so many consider if they're following a solar calendar uh, or putting the New Year according to a solar time period, uh, many consider the winter solstice to be the New Year. However, there are also other cultures that um, considered the New Year to be um, on the time period of the spring equinox. Uh, so they would celebrate the New Year perhaps uh, at the time period of the spring equinox with the rebirth, uh, the, 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 the springing forth that happened. Happens, uh, at the time of the spring equinox. Um, but there are also a lot of ancient timekeeping systems and ancient cultures that didn't um, follow a calendar system that was based solely on the sun cycle alone and followed a calendar system perhaps that was either exclusively lunar or was a lunar solar calendar system um, and would have the lunar calendar cycles um, be equally as important um, and their year uh, their yearly cycle be some, in some cultures tracked specifically to the lunar cycles. Uh, one such culture which is uh, very influential in our world today is the Chinese culture. The Chinese culture um, has an ancient uh, lunar moon calendar and the um, lunar moon calendar for the Chinese uh, puts the lunar new year um, at uh, the celebration happening this week um, for the uh, for the Chinese as well as for all of those in uh, Europe and for all of those in the eastern part of the US the actual new moon um, will be happening 
on the early morning hours, well, in the Eastern time, let's put it this way, on January 31st. Um, it will be happening in China as well as uh, in the eastern part of the U.S. Uh, eastern part of the U.S., January 31st at 2.20 a.m. Eastern time. So in the early morning hours of the 31st of January is when this uh, new moon and this lunar new year will be happening for those of you on Eastern time here in the U.S. Um, but for those of us in um, Pacific time zone or like myself, I'm uh, broadcasting this from Hawaii, uh, the um, actual time zone difference makes that exact time of the Lunar New Year and of the exact time of this new moon fall on Thursday the 30th at 11.20 p.m. Pacific time. Um, so it is 2.20 a.m. on the 31st Eastern time, which is 1.30.14 at 11.20 p.m. Pacific time. So on January 30th, 2014 at 11.20 p.m. Pacific time. Um, so time zone differences sometimes makes it fall on different days. Uh, so that's why I'm posting this on the, the 30th and um, announcing this uh, new, bo- new podcast um, on the, the 30th, the, the day of the Lunar New Year for me here in Hawaii. Um, so it's the Lunar New Year uh, and it's the one I think we resonate with the most because it is closest to the solstice uh, and it is closest to the Gregorian calendar New Year. Um, and it's probably the most well-known Lunar New Year still in existence um, because of the Chinese celebrations of the Lunar New Year that happens uh, literally all throughout the world. Uh, now these, these celebrations take place. Uh, so it's a special time. New moons in general are special. Um, the new moons, which happen every month, every, uh, every month, uh, we'll, we'll have, um, a new moon, uh, at least every moon cycle will have a new moon, uh, every moon cycle, uh, will have a new moon, it doesn't always mean that every Gregorian calendar month will have a new moon that will fall in it, but there's a, um, 28 day cycle from new moon to new moon, and the new moon is the beginning, it's the time of the beginning of the cycle, so it's a time to begin new things, to initiate new things, it's a time to, uh, uh, set intentions, to plant the seeds both in your thoughts and in your mind and in your heart and in your life for that which you want to unfold uh, within the course of the moon cycle. Uh, so any new moon, those things are appropriate to do. Um, so that's appropriate for this new moon cycle as well, as well as it's a new beginning for the lunar year. So we have the new beginning of a new moon cycle, and we have then another greater cycle, so cycles within cycles. This is the way sacred time works. This is the way that natural time, sacred time works, is that we have cycles within cycles. Um, and so we have the cycle of the, the new moon and the new moon moon cycle, the new month or month that begins, and then we have the new lunar year um, that is beginning. In Chinese astrology, the uh, lunar year is associated with uh, an animal from the Chinese astrological system. And the Chinese astrological system is not just based on lunar um, and the movements of the moon. It's based on also the, the movements of, of Jupiter through the zodiac, but that's a much larger and more complex thing to describe or to explain to you uh, here today in the time that I have for this 
this podcast. Uh, but it's fascinating, interesting nonetheless. Um, and so this particular lunar new year uh, in the Chinese astrological system is associated with the the year of the horse. So we're entering into um, the year of the horse in the Chinese astrological system. And um, lots of people have been asking me, what do you think about the year of the horse? Or what are we going to expect from the year of the horse? And um, just trying to get my intuitive insight into that um, because I am a professional intuitive and um, I give uh, many, many um, private readings and private sessions as well as um, public uh, information and, and public intuitive guidance and public intuitive insights into things as well, uh, like I'm doing through this podcast. And my take on it, I mean, there's lots of things that you can read about the year of the horse, and of course I encourage everybody to do a little bit of their own research on any of these things that are of interest to you. Um, but my take of it is that the, the horse is a powerful, powerful animal, and so it's going to be a very powerful year, and generally it's thought of as, as good fortune, um, good energy that is there, a uh, good year for travel, a good year for moving forward, a good year for uh, advancement uh, in many ways, um, and sometimes fast-moving uh, change as well. Um, the horse is also very, uh, not in, in only powerful, but very uh, stable and um, in many Anyways, very grounded, uh, and so the more stable and grounded we are, the better it is for us to be able to take advantage of these energies associated with the horse, the horse medicine, the horse energy, and the year of the horse. Um, the other thing I'd like to say about um, the horse is that um, the, the forward movement can sometimes be can be rapid, okay? Powerful, uh, swift, rapid movement can also happen during the year of the horse. So whenever we're working with horse energy, we need to uh, know how to work with that energy and move and flow with that energy, align ourselves with it, again, which is another reason for um, aligning ourselves with the natural rhythms and the natural cycles uh, of sacred time. Because when we're out of that alignment, then it can be hard uh, on us and life is hard enough as it is and there's always going to be the the hard points and the lessons and the, the ups and the downs that we experience uh, on this human journey that we're on but um the uh, it's, it's so much harder on us if we're out of tune and if we're out of alignment, if we're out of sync with these these natural rhythms. So as the energies of the horse are affecting us throughout this next lunar year, because um, which will be 13 months, by the way, a lunar year is 13 moon cycles, 13 months, 13 moon cycles, um, and. The, the energies of the horse will be affecting us. So uh, instead of just standing by and watching the horse go and kind of feeling like you're missing your opportunities to make the advancement you want to make and to reach the goals you want to reach, or instead of just um, 
you know, freezing out of fear and resisting change and not wanting to grow uh, and, and kind of having it be overwhelming and kind of that energy kind of trampling on you, um, it's much, much better for us to get on the horse and ride the horse. Um, get on the horse, ride the horse. And what that means, because uh, it's an analogy that I'm using, um, what that means is to take that energy in, receive that energy, and just allow ourselves to respond to it, move with it. Um, and, uh, you know, it's definitely a year, I'm going to talk about this later when I talk about the, um, the uh, planetary forecast that I've done with the, the I Ching Oracle. It's definitely a year for um, getting on that horse, riding it, going towards the dreams, going towards the goals, you know, n get moving out of our fears, moving out of our resistances to that, and starting to just go for it. Now, not in a, you know, um, impractical way. You know, when you ride a horse, you want to ride it consciously. You know, you want to ride it uh, consciously and collaboratively um, where there is a relationship between you and the horse. You're not just, you know, going gung-ho, so to speak, and, 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 and driving, driving, driving in such a way in which uh, it causes you harm or the horse harm. So you want to consciously ride these energies, move with this, go for it with whatever it is, forward advancement uh, is coming for you during this new learn lunar year and this new year of the horse um, that we're entering into. And that way um, it may not be so overwhelming, especially certain types of people. Uh, there's certain types of people that really um, resonate more with the energies of the horse and there's certain that types of uh, people that don't um, and that find the energy is more challenging and more difficult and it's even more important to uh, ride those energies um, but it's important really for for all of us so I could literally go on for the whole rest of the podcast about the Lunar New Year alone and uh, the Year of the Horse and Chinese astrology, etc., etc. But there's many other things happening um, sacred time-wise that um, I want to share with everybody in the podcast today. So the new moon, the lunar, lunar New Year on January 30th and 31st, and then immediately followed by another new cycle that's beginning. So here uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, the beginning of this new cycle has got a lot of new energies that's kind of going to be taking us into this new month, into this new year, uh, very swiftly um, and amplifying everything. So on February 1st and 2nd, is a major turning point that's happening um, with our um, our relationship with the sun, uh, our movement uh, with the sun. It is the halfway point between the solstice and the equinox. Um, regardless of whether you're in the northern hemisphere or the southern hemisphere, it's the halfway point between the solstice and the equinox. Um, the solstice that happened and occurred on December 21st 2013, and the equinox, which will be happening and occurring on this year, March 20th of 2014. Um, so if you're in the northern hemisphere, it was the winter solstice, and it's the upcoming spring equinox that's coming, and <clears throat> February 1st and 2nd marks the 
sacred time, natural time celebration of the turning point, of the halfway point between the two. And it's been called many things uh, over the years by different people and by different cultures. Um, one of my uh, favorite names for it is Imbolc. Uh, it's uh, one of the ancient uh, names for it. And um, there's also, uh, in the Christian tradition, another name associated with this uh, celebration, uh, this turning point time known as Candle Mass, so Imbolc or Candle Mass. And it's celebrated February 1st, uh, to second, again, depending upon what part of the world you're in, time zones, things like that can affect it uh, when that actual uh, turning point, when that actual halfway point uh, takes place. And that's one of the reasons why there's differences between cultures and things as to whether they're doing it on the first or whether they're doing it on the second. So, um, so the first and second, we're going to be reaching this turning point, the halfway point. What happens is the, there's a, um, there's a shift that takes place. And, um, it's a shift in the tides, I like to describe it. Um, my favorite analogy that I like to use to really help you understand these cross-quarter points. Because the solstices and the equinoxes, most people are familiar with, and they see and feel the power and the significance of them. But the cross quarter points through the halfway points between them, which are called the cross-quarter points, they aren't as acknowledged as much, and it's really important that we do acknowledge them. And for me, in many ways, I feel their energy sometimes more than the energies of the solstices and the equinoxes. Not always, but sometimes more, um, because again, I consider it to be like the shifting of the tides. Okay, um, And here's the way I'm going to describe it to you. So for those of us in the northern hemisphere, um, it is the shifting of the tides um, into spring tide. It is the beginning of spring tide. It's not the beginning of spring. It's not the first day of spring. That's March 20th, 2014, with the spring equinox here in the northern hemisphere. Um, but it is the beginning of spring tide. And um, here's why I like to think of it that way. Um, when the tide goes out and the tide comes back in, there's turning points. Okay, there's turning points. Um, and if you think of the high tide as the peak of that energy, okay, the peak of that energy, um, and then there's a turning point, and then the tide begins to move back out. And then there's the peak of the energy of the low tide, and then there's a turning point, and the tide begins to move back in. Well, these cross-quarter points are like times when there's those turning points and the tide starts to move back in the other direction again. Okay, so the tide starts to shift, the energy starts to shift, the light of the sun even is, is, is starting to stream more and more now, that energy, that light of the sun starting to shift more and more now, starting to come in more to the, to those of us in the northern hemisphere and it is like the tide starting to make its shift and starting to come in and really arriving you know, spring fully arriving, those that spring tide that's now shifting at Imbolc, that tide's starting to shift and starting to come in again, really fully arriving, that tide fully arriving with the high tide coming um, on the th first day of spring, spring equinox. And then we'll be in the spring tide, we'll be all fully experiencing the energies of spring until the summer tide 
begins to shift and start to bring in or usher in the energies or the tide associated with um, the summer. So I like to describe it as the beginning of spring tide. Uh, and I know that that's very good news for those in the northern hemisphere who've been experiencing uh, very dramatic, dramatic winters. However, it doesn't mean that winter's over. It just means that the light is increasing and you'll start to feel that difference in light uh, even more dramatically um, day by day after in bulk. Uh, you'll start to maybe see it a little bit more dramatically, feel it a little bit more dramatically. I know here in Hawaii, um, we're very aware of the cross-quarter points. It really does feel sometimes like the beginning of spring um, because the days really do start getting uh, longer in a point where it's really recognizable because we're closer to the equator. We're able to see just how much more recognizable um, that is. And it's a little harder for those who are farther north to recognize those changes. And so you've got to kind of tune into the subtlety of it, the nuance of it. Like you, you sometimes are hard, if you're sitting on a beach, it may hard, be hard to tune in and f see the subtleties of when the tide begins to shift and change um, and tune into kind of that moment of when it shifts and changes and the new tide uh, begins. So um, it's, it's subtle for some, more obvious for others, but it's happening uh, nonetheless and it's something to be celebrated. And uh, there's a lot of different ways that uh, people celebrate. Uh, again, the, the Christian tradition, uh, the celebration of candle mass is a blessing of candles um, and then those candles being light, lit, um, sometimes placed in windows, um, placed on altars with prayers and blessings for abundance and prosperity and health and and wealth and wisdom and all that for 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 friends and family and for yourself uh, so it's an appropriate kind of candle mass way of celebrating that um, and then the earth-based cultures the earth-based traditions um, the uh, earth-based religions and spirituality uh, traditions they have a multitude of different types of celebrations uh, for celebrating that. Even just a prayer and uh, some intentions um, for the new energies and the beginning of this new tide and, and how you want that new tide to be to be moving and, and where you want it to be moving and how you want it to be moving in your life um, would be an appropriate way to celebrate it. Um, it's also uh, in, um, in, in, the, in, the, in the Celtic tradition um, of Ireland is the celebration of uh, St. Bridget um, who is um, actually not just a saint. Uh, uh, Breed, Bridget, um, Brigid, there's lots of different pronunciations of her name. Uh, was is um, a, a triple goddess is the triple goddess uh, the, the three faces of the goddess um, uh, maiden mother and crone and the uh, time in bulk is the time where we uh, see the turning of the face of the triple goddess um, from the crone to the maiden to the maiden so from the crone energy of the goddess energy uh, to the maiden energy of the goddess energy that then begins to flow and again like that tide just starts to stream in and starts to flow in um, to us okay uh, so she was uh, such a popular um, 
Celtic goddess that uh, it was very, very difficult um, for the church at the time to uh, not include her in some way. So she was uh, given this day, this day of Imbolc, um, and given the title of St. Bridget. Uh, so it's actually St. Bridget's Day, uh, and uh, St. Bridget is the, the goddess, the triple goddess. Um, and the time when the triple goddess turns her face to the maiden um, and the maiden energies, the new energies, the young vital life force energies start to uh, return and flow back in uh, to the earth. Uh, She's a goddess of fertility, um, the goddess uh, in every way, um, representative of new life, um, fertility, etc. So there's lots of wonderful things. Again, we could, I could go on uh, regarding just Imbolc and and the different ways it's been celebrated, the different things associated with it, and um, all of the. <laughs> I'll, I'll be sharing more about the divine masculine and the divine feminine uh, all throughout the course of uh, these podcasts uh, over the next year. There'll be many more things coming down the road, so stay tuned in. Um, but I do want to. Move on because there's additional things to talk about. Because even those things, even though those two things are kind of happening back to back, the lunar new year, the new moon, um, which is also a super new moon, by the way. I think I might have forgotten to mention that, uh, meaning that the moon is closest to the Earth uh, for this particular moon, new moon. And, and super moon doesn't always happen on the new moon. It can sometimes happen at different stages of the moon, but it does happen uh, where the moon every month makes its closest uh, approach to the Earth. And so it's a super new moon, Chinese New Year, uh, in bulk, four days, powerful start to the month, um, but then there are other things that are going to be affecting us uh, that we'll be experiencing all throughout the month as well. So I'm going to move on. Um, I'm going to move on to, well, before I move on, though, let me just say one quick thing uh, before I stop talking about Embolc and Counter Mass completely. Um, one quick thing that I do want to share is the celebration here in the United States called Groundhog Day. That has its origins in the ancient celebrations of Embolc. Um, and in the, uh, the, the Celtic celebrations of Imbolc, uh, the origins was, was not a groundhog originally. Um, it kind of became that. You can read some, it's interesting history as how it kind of became a groundhog here in this country, um, because there are certain animals that just weren't, weren't here, uh, that it was, uh, traditionally, uh, accustomed for. Um, but we do celebrate Groundhog's Day on Imbolc, and, uh, and it is a way of, um, uh, foretelling the energies and how much more of the energy of winter is still going to be felt as the springtime begins to move in. Um, it won't make any difference. The spring equinox comes the same time of the year every year, so spring actually doesn't happen any faster or sooner, but it does affect uh, the energies, um, meaning that it can predict the energies, let's put it that way, it can predict the energies according to the ancient peoples, um, that this animal coming up out of its hole on this day of Imbolc, at this time of Imbolc, uh, whether it can see its shadow or not, whether it sees the light of day and the sun shining overhead or the clouds, you know, that those things can be predicted of how much more of the winter energy we will be feeling and experiencing as the spring tide starts to come in. Okay, so that's kind of helps you maybe understand a little bit more about Groundhog's Day. So I'm going to move on. Like I said, I was going to move on. 
Um, one other thing that is happening during this uh, super new moon, lunar new year, in bulk uh, four day period here is um, that there, the planet Venus has been in a retrograde motion um, and it's been there since the winter solstice of 2013. And it's been affecting a lot of us on the emotional level, and it's been affecting a lot of uh, relationships, um, our relationships not only with uh, those that we may be married with or have as our significant others, but all types of relationships. Um, Venus can affect any and all uh, areas of the heart and matters of the heart and all types of relationships. And any, any retrograde is the appearance of moving backwards. Um, the planets do not move backwards. They continue in their orbits. From our perspective, however, they have the appearance of moving backwards from where we're at, uh, witnessing them, watching their movements in the heavens. And um, we've, uh, over time, the ancients have noticed that when those uh, appearances of moving backwards, when those retrogrades are happening, that um, they can have some um, kind of opposite energies as to what those planets usually, the beneficial energies that those planets usually bring. However, that doesn't mean that there's not still beneficial energies associated with those planets. Um, there are very much still beneficial energies, even during retrogrades, to take, uh, take advantage of. Uh, it's just something sometimes it's helpful to be aware uh, when we when we experience something it's like why is this so difficult why is this maybe harder than it has to be why am I learning such painful difficult um, lessons right now in regards to um, relationships and maybe matters of the heart uh, it's helpful for us to know that maybe some of that is associated with the retrograde energies and the good news is that Venus is going direct on January 31st during this four-day uh, kind of super period <laughs> that I've been uh, talking about and describing here throughout the length of this podcast so far. So, but um, it won't be. Um even though Venus is going direct and it won't be going into retrograde anytime again soon, uh, we will be having a Mercury retrograde in the month of February. And um, the planet Mercury is associated uh, with communications. Uh, this is the this is the thing that for me I always think that it affects the most. Uh, there can be other things associated with Mercury. I'm not saying it's just limited to that by any means. I'm not going to go into all the astrological and, and, and cosmological uh, things connected to, to Mercury. But the, the, these are the things that I've noticed the most in my personal life and when I've been communicating with others over um, 24 years now of professional practice uh, as being a professional intuitive, as being a professional healer, as being a spiritual counselor, spiritual intuitive and spiritual guide that I've been working professionally for over 24 years and I've been working with people uh, you know, through Mercury retrograde periods uh, because some people can have um, difficulties during Mercury retrograde periods because it affects communications. Um, and because communication is so much a part of our modern day lives, right? 
more than any other time period. This, in, I know some people call this the information age. Well, it's the information age because it's the communication age. Um, however, we haven't gotten deep enough yet into the communication age for us to have some of the real deeper breakthroughs with com true deeper communication that we could have. Um, so, you know, the information age um, and subsequently communication age are kind of, you know, to me, they're, they're, both, um, they're both happening uh, and evolving here. But uh, so much is related to com communication, right? Our communication devices, um, our communications equipment, our computers, our cell phones, um, just so much of our electrical devices and our technology that we've integrated into our daily lives is, is associated with communications, and so it can be uh, <laughs> it can be quite common to have problems and difficulties uh, with some of those things that can arise, and sometimes we can feel the mercury retrograde energies start to happen before and after. There's kind of a, a period, a window, where we can feel those energies uh, shifting before the retrograde even happens and sometimes even after the, the planet has gone direct again. So it's, um, it's good to be aware of. Um, it's a time for following through on things that you've already begun. Um, it's not always uh, considered to be um, a time that's bad for beginning new things. In fact, don't I don't... I never tell people, don't hesitate from starting new things, but just be aware. Don't beware. Don't be afraid. But just be aware that if you do start new things during the Mercury retrograde period, that some of those things may actually uh, be returned, redone, um, have to be renewed, uh, you know, recreated. You know, there, there could be some um, redoing of some of that or some change or transformation that happens in that. I've created many things. I've done, um, you know, speaking tours and and uh, healing tours and during Mercury retrograde time periods and done retreats during Mercury retrograde time periods. And th there's wonderful favorable energies that happen during Mercury re retrograde time periods. And I think sometimes people uh, do a disservice to ourselves and to uh, to this time, this, this time of Mercury retrograde, by making it too scary of a thing or blowing it out of proportion and making it too big of a deal uh, or, or getting into, again, beware instead of be aware. Um, and I always say we want to be aware and that there's a big difference between beware and be aware. One is fear-based and the other is conscious-based, conscious awareness-based and, and helps us to live consciously. And so if we can just uh, go with the flow, if there are going to be any of those changes, if there is going to be anything that we start during retrograde, retrograde and begin, um, that there could be some communication glitches or difficulties or some things that have to be done or redone or, you know, re started or you know, any of the words that start with re <laughs> usually are uh, words that can be appropriate for mercury retrograde types of periods but we just move with the flow of that right and when we get into fear we stop the flow of that and if we go with the flow of that then we can um, create with those energies and I've actually had some amazing creative uh, times especially in following through with intentions that I set so really what 
what's most ideal is to set the intentions now, make some decisions now. Um, over the course of this new moon, the Lunar New Year, the Imbolc, these, these new beginning times that I'm talking about, the new beginning of spring tide, the new beginning of the new lunar year, the new beginning of the new moon cycle, the new month, new month. So set the intentions now, make some of the plans, make some of the choices and decisions now, and then use the Mercury retrograde time period to put it all into motion, to put it all into action. It's a good time to put it all into motion and to follow through and follow up. But again, just realize that you may have to readjust, realign any of those rewords, um, and that that sometimes can be a recalibration and something higher and better can come about in the end is what I've also experienced as well. So the Mercury retrograde will begin in February, it happens three times a year, and the one that's happening in February will begin um, to go into retrograde on February the 6th, and will go um, direct again, um, which is when we come out of the retrograde and Mercury appears to be going forward again, or direct position it's called, again on February the 28th. So going retrograde on February the 6th, and then completing its retrograde and going direct again on February the 28th. So those energies are happening in sacred time this month. And um, then the full moon, uh, which will be happening um, in two weeks after the new moon. Um, the full moon is this time following on St. Uh, Valentine's Day. So it's going to be a, a powerful day of, of love. Um, powerful day of love because the full moon energies amplify everything. Um, think of them as, so think of the energies associated with the full moon as the energies associated with high tide, high noon. Um, the, 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 the strength, the epitome, the, the, the fullness uh, of, of the energy associated with the moon. And the moon affects us on the emotional level, regardless of what moon cycle we're in, or what stage of the moon. We're, 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 we're heavily affected on the emotional level by the, by the moon. And um, the full moons especially, these are the ones that we really feel on the emotional level. Um, and so, again, it's best to um, use those energies in a conscious way to let that love be amplified. Um, let it be amplified. Uh, it's, it's a time, St. Valentine's Day, um, it has a strange history. There's a lot of uh, interesting history uh, associated with it. Um, the key components that is the reason why we continue to celebrate it to this day uh, was that St. Valentine's uh, went against, at the sake of it costing him even his own life, uh, went against uh, the emperor at the time and uh, married those whom he was forbidden from marrying during a time period in which they were forbidden to marry and um, making that sacred union. It was made really popular. It wasn't really a very um, widely popular celebrated holiday from the high middle ages on. Um, it began growing in popularity in the high middle ages during the time of courtly love and then it um, began to spread more throughout Europe and um, it's become more and more of what it is today, uh, you know, a celebration of love, um, which is its, its true meaning and the true spirit of that day. Uh, so using the, the new moon energies, whether we have a partner in our lives or not, 
I'm blessed to, 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 to be in a, in, a, in a marriage that is a sacred union. Um, but whether we have a partner or not, um, use those energies to amplify love in our lives and to clear out the emotions. You know, it's, uh, the, the full moon is also a time, it's a good time to release, to release things that we've been holding on to. Um, whereas the new moon is a time to set intentions and start to try, to try to draw those intentions into us and manifest those intentions. The full moon is a good time to release things that we've been holding on to. So re release any and all that are unlike love would be an appropriate way um, to celebrate this full moon that's going to be happening um, on the St. Valentine's Day celebration uh, that is coming up on February the 14th, the full moon and St. Valentine's Day um, coming up on February the 14th. So those are some of the things happening in sacred time that I wanted to share with you coming up in this moon cycle. It's a lot, and that's one of the reasons why I decided to um, begin this podcast and even launch my new website, AnnaJonesOnline.com website, um, uh, at this time period. So the thing I want to close with and end with for the podcast today is that... Um, at the beginning of every year, um, my husband and I, we get together uh, on the phone uh, via teleconference with some very close friends of ours, and we look at... Um, we, we look at the energies uh, affecting the planet, uh, the movement of the Tao, as it is called in the I Ching or Tao Te Ching, um, and the, the energies of spirit, the energies that are affecting the planet for the year. And we do what I like to call a planetary forecast using the ancient I Ching oracle, the I Ching oracle being one of the oldest oracle systems in existence. Um, and there's hexagrams associated uh, with the I Ching oracle, and I'm, again, I don't have time to explain how all of this works, uh, how what the oracle is, and, and all of its history, or any of that stuff, because I just want to share with you today uh, what that planetary forecast for 2014 uh, was when we when we did that. Um, uh, actually, just a few short weeks ago, uh, we did this planetary forecast for 2014 uh, in that. Uh, that, that session with our friends. Um, and it is, we've been doing this actually, uh, using the I Ching Oracle to do a planetary forecast. I, we were trying to, I was trying to remember the other day, uh, how long we've actually been doing it. I'd say at least since 1997. And a few times we've shared it, uh, with others. They've always found it very helpful. And sometimes I've shared it more in a professional way. In a couple of years I actually shared it more in a professional way through written form and things like that. Um, and everybody's always said that was very helpful. It was very insightful for me. So um, I decided to share it in the podcast today. Uh, what the planetary forecast was for this year. So of all these years that we've been doing this, um, again, personally and professionally, I have to say that um, the hexagrams that came up for this year and the oracle uh, reading for this year is the most favorable of any year that I can remember uh, out of the last mm, however many years that is, 1997, 1996 on. Um, so I was very happy and very 
very excited uh, to see what the oracle was revealing uh, for this. And the main hexagram that came up, and we, we came about uh, getting this hexagram through the throwing of the I Ching coins, uh, the yin yang I Ching coins are thrown six times to form the hexagram, is hexagram number 26. And if you go to any I Ching book of changes and you read about hexagram number 26, you'll get even more out of this. Um, and what we ask is we ask her, what is the planetary forecast? What are the spiritual energies, the celestial energies, the uh, uh, you know cosmological energies? What are the energies affecting all of us at this time? Okay, so that's what we ask when we throw the coins and we, we use this oracle to come up with hexagram number 26. And hexagram number 26 has to do, um, it, it's translated to great gathering um, is one of the names for it. Uh, hexagram number 26, great gathering. Another name for it is potential energy. Um, and potential energy, great gathering, those, those two names alone tell you a lot about it. Add to that the fact that this is the year of the horse, and you get even more significance and emphasis um, about it. Okay? Um, it is, it's telling us that there's a great deal of potential energy that's there for us to now begin to tap into, and that this is a great opportunity for gathering that energy, bringing that energy in, and using that energy, using that potential energy to manifest our potential. And that's one of the things I got so excited about for this. It's like, yes, we have all this potential. We have all this potential personally. We have this potential, you know, collectively. Uh, we have this potential in our, you know, our families have potential. Our communities have so much potential. Our countries have so much potential. We have so much human potential and spiritual potential, and things just haven't been favorable. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, we've been doing this reading for many years, and there hasn't been. There have been some favorable things of being able to use that and make some advancement, but not as much. You know, hexagram 26, and then we follow it by using I Ching cards to give us kind of additional information uh, to help us kind of understand even more ways that this is going to be um, you know, happening and other things that it might be happening along with it to try to kind of broaden our insight into it. Um, there it hasn't been this favorable for really being able to tap that potential energy and make it happen. Do something with it. Gather it and um, tap it and actually do something with it for forward movement and for advancement. And add to that that it's also the year of the horse, as I was describing earlier, which is good time for forward movement and forward advancement. It is a year where we could really make some big shifts and some big breakthroughs. Um, and I say that we've been in the cycle of time now for quite a while, um, for several years now. Uh, we're in like a, a, a great rite of passage, uh, a great shift of the age that's been happening, uh, an ongoing cycle of the great shift of the ages that's happening. We're in new stages of that now, but we've been in cycles of that now for a while, and um, it's been presenting itself as breakthrough or breakdown. Um, and so if we're able to tap the potential energies, uh, gather those energies, receive those energies, use those energies, and actually, like I said earlier with the year of the horse, go for it and use that potential Take that potential and 
take that horse and ride that horse, you know, uh, use that potential uh, to manifest, to create, to um, attract and to, you know, bring everything into existence of what the potential is there, then great reward and great benefit can come for ourselves and for our culture, uh, for humanity, for the world, for all beings. Um, I really truly believe that the Oracle is saying this to us, um, that this is a year uh, for that. But it is breakthrough or breakdown, you know, and, and that's part of what this ongoing cycle has been about. Uh, we either keep making breakthroughs, we either keep making advances, we either keep being able to take the opportunities that are being given to us, or the system break down, um, whether that's uh, the system of our body or our mind or our emotions or you know some other way that it may be breaking down things in our lives um, so that we can break through. And sometimes the breakdowns have to happen so that we can break through. Uh, the additional hexagrams, I don't have time today to tell you all of the eight additional hexagrams that we pulled to give us further insight into this. I'm going to give you just an overall summary of it. Um, but it shows that the the greatest area where we're going to have struggle and difficulty and the greatest time where we're going to have struggle and difficulty in tapping this potential energy and actually get something going is right now, is in the present. And the present could be, you know, definitely between now and maybe spring could be a little bit longer it could be even further into the summer uh, you know that type of period as to how long the present is it's not really always clear what uh, the oracles mean when they say you know right now in the present is where that some of the bigger obstacles to actually getting that energy moving tapping that potential and actually making it happen it is but in the present is where it was showing some of the obstacles and in the emotions um, where it was like you know the the emotional energy energy uh, is actually where things are getting stopped up and think where things are getting um, that forward movement can be getting blocked and where we can kind of uh, get into the breakdowns rather than the breakthroughs or we go through the breakdowns in order to get through the breakthroughs on the emotional level. Um, so it's good to know. It's kind of like we like to call it a planetary forecast because it doesn't mean these things control us in any way. Like these these energies, they don't control us. They affect us. We are um, interconnected. You know, we are interconnection interconnected with um, the energies of the universe, the energies of the celestial bodies, the energies of the stars and the moons and the planets, and we're interconnected with each other. We're interconnected with these sweeping, moving energies. They um, move through us and they create through us and they are. Um, present there for us to create and co-create with. Okay, so we're not just victim to them. Um, we are able to respond to them, react with them, and also uh, create and co-create with them. So um, I'm telling everybody that I know, and I'll share the same thing with this message to all of you today, um, that this is a year to dream your dreams and start to really start putting them into um, to motion and uh, the, the things that you've been believing, that you've been thinking and feeling that have been stalking, stopping you and blocking you. I know it sounds like it's just some, you know, self-help, you know, statement that I'm, that I'm making that's been said over and over again. Uh, really make the choice to move past them and to get up on the horse and to ride, you know, to ride towards that. Um, 
And uh, I, I've been doing that recently. Uh, there's been just many things in my life in which I've become aware of just how, how blocked I was, and I didn't even realize it. You know, I didn't even realize uh, how blocked I was, believing that I couldn't do this and I couldn't do that, and, you know, feeling, um, you know, powerless in some ways of not being able to do this, not being able to do that, and then just making the choice. You know, just making the choice, gathering together the energy, gra- gathering together the the, the potential, um, gathering together the blessings and the things that I have to be grateful for and the things that I have to work with uh, that are at my disposal right here, right now, and getting on that horse and moving forward. Um, so that's been happening for me already, and it's what I'm fully intending um, for this year and uh, encouraging others to do the same. Uh, it also may mean that we need to do some emotional healing um, in order to really take full advantage of these energies, uh, especially if you do feel like you're really being blocked. Um, if you feel like it's just uh, there's just too many obstacles and, and you really are being blocked and there's more of a decline than there is an advancement, uh, then there may be uh, emotional healing that needs to take place. But I like to call it a planetary forecast because like a weather forecast, uh, um, we're not controlled by the weather. We can choose to how we are going to respond, what we are going to do within it, right? Um, it's just the environment in which we're doing things, the energetic environment in which we're doing things. But this is a very favorable one. Um, hexagram number 26 is a very favorable year, very favorable energetic environment, the great gathering, the great potential. Um, and if we can get past the obstacles we're experiencing here in the present, again, I don't know exactly how long that present will go on for here. And then also the declining energies that are influencing us on the emotional level. Uh, then we can have spiritual breakthroughs. We can have great gain, great strength. Um, the other uh, hexagrams that have come up are great gain, uh, great strength, um, gathering, family, um, you know, diversity, you know, coming together, unity and diversity. Um, all of those things are all part of this this message and this extended part of this planetary forecast uh, coming through the I Ching Oracle for 2014 that I've done for this year. So um, I'm just excited about it myself. And, of course, there's the unknown. And uh, I have no idea uh, where it all leads me. Um, no matter how intuitive and insightful we may be, we don't always know um, all of the steps and where things are leading us. We just we sometimes just see the the steps before us, but we just need to get on that horse and ride it um, and and go forward uh, and just keep walking forward, um, keep moving forward, using that potential, using the potential that we have inside of us, and using the potential that we have that is now favorable. The spirits are favorable, the I Ching Oracle says. Uh, the energies are favorable for us to use those potential energies to gather together to manifest what it is that we are here for, all of what we're here for. Okay, so hopefully something in this has inspired you all um, and that uh, you'll be able to uh, apply some of this and integrate some of this into your personal lives as that's what I'm, I'm hoping. Um, and I'm going to just finish now um, the podcast for today by thanking you all for listening. And uh, there will be uh, podcast number two uh, coming up 
the the new moon, the next new moon, and um, there are just a few other uh, announcements. Uh, the, the the new website I'm launching is AnnaJonesOnline.com. I've mentioned that a couple times, just because it is brand new. Uh, like this podcast is brand new, and um, a lot of things that I offer, including upcoming events, uh, retreats uh, that I'm having both here in Hawaii as well as France, uh, and uh, tours that I'm making back to the um, Mid-Atlantic uh, East Coast region in the spring, and uh, there will be other events uh, for late summer and fall be posted later on in the year. But there's but there's several events already listed and posted um, where I'll be traveling. And of course, I'm going to be having many teleconferences and teleclasses uh, for people all over the world to be participating in as well. So there's lots of new things coming down the road for me as I'm uh, making this forward advancement and uh, taking this potential and, and moving forward with it. Uh, and I hope to be talking with some of you, um, please feel free to contact me uh, via email and the contact information that is on the website at any time, um, and also on Facebook, which is also uh, linked uh, as I host several um, pages there and uh, do a lot of work there through the social media. Okay, thank you, everybody, and aloha from the Big Island of Hawaii.